Acts 2-9, The Transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. It was great having a picture of uh, Wales um, up on the screen, wasn't it? But uh, I'm a little bit surprised there hasn't been mention of a rugby yet. So uh, I, won't, I, I, won't, I won't mention it um, either. Um, if I was to ask you what has been your greatest mountaintop experience, I wonder how you would respond. Um, is there a, a single event, perhaps, that you'll never forget, uh, one that you can easily visualise, um, one that's had massive impact on you and perhaps been transformational for your life? I asked that question on the Christchurch Notice Board Facebook page on Thursday morning and had an amazing range of results. Um, some of the things that people put on the, on the Facebook page um, were actually very profound and, to me, more about sort of valley floor experiences rather than mountaintop experiences in that they were experiences that were racked with pain and heartache. So there are people who were sharing about um, bereavement or marriage breakup or um, concern, illness of loved ones and fear and uncertainty. But in those experiences, they had met with God, and God had proved himself very real to them. And in that sense, it was a mountaintop experience. Other people uh, wrote of things or experiences they'd had where God had just been so real in moments of great joy. So there were people who wrote of um, being present at the birth of their children. Amazing experience. There were people who wrote about being at the, the wedding of their, of, of their daughter or their son. Profound mountaintop experience. There's a, a guy who had a rather profound mountaintop experience this morning. There's, I don't know, I, I, just before I came out to the 9.15 service, I was watching the BBC website and uh, there's um, a, a video of Red Gerard, who's a 17-year-old American lad who, out of the blue, really unexpected, won the um, slope-style skiing uh, gold medal this morning. What a profound experience that is for him, mountaintop experience. But there are a couple other things from the Facebook uh, pages that really struck me. One person wrote, and I love this one because it's really about the whole of life. 
one person wrote about how they were in the town centre where they worked and they'd taken on uh, a new work role and they suddenly became aware that they had so much to learn and a real responsibility to make every day count for making at least one life better. And God was prompting them in that moment. There were a couple others which um, really resonated with me because I was there, to use the words of a Welshman who once sung songs about rugby. Um, and probably still does, but a bit quieter than he used to. There were a couple of people either on Facebook or who spoke to me in person who, um, when we went out to Tanzania two or three years ago, had really profound experiences of God. There was uh, one guy who had been sat on the plane from Qatar to Tanzania, sat between two friends, and he spoke about the way in the moment he experienced in a profound way a sense of God's forgiveness for the first time. And that was, it was probably up about 40,000 feet, so it's legitimately a mountaintop experience. <laughs> And then someone else told me about a time of worship we'd had on that particular trip where, again, it was led by some of the young people and God was very present as we sung, as we worshipped together and he ended up in tears for well over an hour as he recognised the depth of God's love for him. That was very much a mountaintop experience. Great times, times when we know that God is with us and when we glimpse just something of the glory of God. Peter, James and John had this very real mountaintop experience, one they would never forget, one of many with Jesus which would lead to the transformation of their lives. Wouldn't you love to have been with them on that mountainside as Jesus is transfigured? His clothes go purcell whiter than white, whiter than purcell white. Jesus is transfigured, and Elijah and Moses join the party. And then the voice from heaven affirming Jesus' divinity. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. No wonder Peter wants a moment to last forever. And he has this crazy idea. Let's build some shelters for the three of you. Moses, representing the law, who of course had received the law on a mountaintop at Sinai. Elijah, the prophet. Remember him meeting with God in the silence on the mountaintop. And Jesus, who fulfilled the law and the prophecies of the Old Testament. I'd want to stay there a bit longer, wouldn't you? Peter wants this moment to last forever. And yet staying on the mountaintop forever wasn't an option. There was work to do. I was really struck by uh, another member of our community's Facebook post this week where they were remarking on the 100th anniversary of the vote for women, or at least the vote for women over 30 with certain professional qualifications. The representation of the People Act. And uh, he wrote about Christabel Pankhurst, Emily's daughter, uh, key campaigner for women's rights. And when the vote was passed on the 6th of February, 1918, surely that must have been for her a mountaintop experience, a massive achievement, something that she campaigned for with others and worked for for many years. A moment to be looked back on with pride. Surely her life's work had been completed, fulfilled. Let's just stay in that moment. But no, she went on 
and traveled to the United States and she became an evangelist with F.B. Meyer and various others. She didn't stay in one place because she recognized that she had more work to do. She listened to Jesus' call, his ongoing call. And with all of the mountaintop experiences that I mentioned earlier, wonderful though they were, however impactful they were, none of them left people with the option of just staying still. There is always more that God wants to do, that God wants us to experience, that God wants us to engage with. I long for more moments when I'm caught up in worship of my Lord. It's what we seek here on a Sunday morning as we gather together. It's a vital part of what we're about as a church community. But the Sunday morning worship experience, or the the great experience of worshipping with several thousand in a big top at Spring Harvest, or in a cow shed at New Wine, we're not meant to stay there. They feed us. They encourage us. They motivate us. They equip us. So that we then go out into our world to live out our worship. And there's this wonderful verse from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. We encounter the wonder and the glory of God in worship, in profound moments and experiences in our lives, and are then called to take that light into the world. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Graham Kendrick didn't tell us that his inspiration for Shine Jesus Shine came out of a mix of the Transfiguration and this verse from 2 Corinthians 4, where in the final verse of that hymn, he writes, As we gaze on your kingly brightness, so our faces display your likeness. Ever changing from glory to glory, mirrored here, may our lives tell your story. Our lives telling God's story. In that moment on the mountain, Peter, James and John heard God's voice. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Affirmation of Jesus, yes, but also an instruction to those disciples and to us. Listen to him. Listen to the one who says, go and make disciples of all nations. Listen to one who says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Listen to one who says at the end of the parable of the Good Samaritan, go and do thou likewise. Listen to one who calls us to forgive when we've been offended by others. Listen to one who says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. I could go on and on and on. Mountaintop experiences are God's gifts to us to be treasured and honoured, but always have a bigger purpose, spurring us on to deeper commitment and fuller service. And my prayer would be that as we share communion together, as we worship in song, yes, that we'll have a real sense of the glory of God, that we'll worship him in awe and wonder but that ultimately that will leave us more passionate about serving and living and giving and sharing in the world in which God has placed us. And so let's sing a song as an expression 
of our worship, recognizing who God is, his majesty, with the motivation that we will seek to put these things into practice in our daily lives. So we're going to sing together the splendor of the king. Let's stand together.